Hello and welcome back to Something Else with Logan and Alexis. My name is Logan. And my name is Alexis. And honestly, we're welcoming you you if this is your first time here too. Yeah, welcome. Not even if it's back. Welcome Welcome. back. Welcome, welcome. Although I assume you're our listener, so. Our one and only. In which case, welcome back. Welcome back. This is for you. It's It's all for you. So, um, hi. Hello. What what have you been up to? Um, well, I was just thinking about how we need to tell the people what we've been doing. Um, because we just ate dinner. Yeah, we did. Some chicken pesto pasta. It's pretty good. I yeah, made yeah, it, yeah. so I, I helped. He didn't. I strained. No. Colland. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't know. I think know it's about called it. colanding. All I know is Logan is the type of person Colanding. That when I'm in the kitchen and I have just committed to doing it, he like decides that he wants to be helpful, but like doesn't yeah. do what he's told. He just like comes and goes rogue and messes things up. I don't mess things up. I stir and I call. But it's just like I'm when you don't ask for it, it's just annoying. I'm just being helpful. Not helpful. I and apologize. I vocalize that it's not helpful. I want that to be known. Hey, all right. I need you not just start talking over me. What did we do before that though? Before that, we were at Magic Kingdom, and we went and got the 50th anniversary pin, which they were hot off the presses. Hot off the presses and flying off the shelves. Absolutely, yeah. Nobody, there wasn't even like an announcement for any of this stuff. All of a sudden, it was just there because um, if you're unaware, it's actually not the 50th anniversary yet, so we thought we had some time. October 1st. But we didn't have some time. No. And we didn't want them to run out, so we just hopped in our little cars and drove on over. Just one car, though. Just one car. Um, so previously, I I did. I want to say on here that I skipped out on the fact that my sister came and visited us for nine and a half days, and I got a um, strongly worded text message. Well, I'd like to point out, I don't know that she came to see us. She came to go to Disney World. Well, no, that's not true. She came to see us, too. It was a hand in hand. She obviously she cares more about Disney than her brother. That's well, like yeah, without that, being. That's said. what I was trying to let the record yes, reflect. Yes, one hundred percent. But yes, um, we did. We needed to um, update the formal record to say that Lydia and Matt were here, and we had so much fun. We also did forget a lot of other things. So if you're one of our our less aggressive friends or family members, and we left you out, we apologize to you as well. Lydia is the most aggressive family member of all time. Also, I don't know if we've made it better or That's worse by this little segment. Uh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> sorry gonna, for this, too, I I'm guess. going to get another text message or a phone call or something. It'll be funny. Well, now we'll see if she'll actually listen to it. It's true. That's, Does this she is come how back? we know. Does she come back? Each time we roast Lydia just so she can. <laughs> <laughs> a secret roast located in different parts of the episode so she can't just skip to a certain section. Next time, I'm going to wait until like 18 minutes, like halfway through the actual thing and be like. Mid-sentence. And be like, just my sister, I tell you what. <laughs> there you go, Lydia. Yep. So, sorry. And we love you. But <laughs> that's just how it is, I guess. Um, And so there were. Obviously, other more things that we forgot about. Other more. It was like lots of months in like less than 10 minutes. So we just, we did the best we could. We didn't even think about it or write it out at all. We were really just No, we just it. rifted, which is why my mic, again, um, apologies if you listened to the last episode. It sounded like I was blown out the whole time. I was messing up the, it, it was my first time back. You know what I mean? I just wasn't used to it. So I but listen, it all up. we didn't want to let it get us down like we did last time. So we just rolled with it. Because yeah, had we it. not just rolled with it, it could have been months more. Yeah. 
So so we're amateurs. So yeah, it was um uh, back to what we were talking about before. It's pretty cool because Alexis got off at one, and then we just went to Magic Kingdom and we bought the pin and we um, shopped around the other fiftieth stuff. Well, did yeah. some tiki room. We tried the new um, backside of water float. We meant to do it on a Jungle Cruise day when we watched Jungle Cruise and rode Jungle Cruise, but we just weren't hungry. And honestly, I'm glad that we didn't just force it upon ourselves that day because I really enjoyed myself yeah, today. It's a cotton candy and vanilla soft serve with Sprite as a float. And a little, um, one of those little sour... Taffy uh, things? Ribbon not things. Sa- like, almost like a sour punch straw, but it's like more like the sour rainbow airhead things you know but just blue i don't know what you're talking okay. about i know that someone listening knows what i'm talking about they're just rainbow they were airhead brand they have the little sugars on them it was just like that but it was only the blue flavor and it, it was, was really the whole good rainbow flavor so uh, basically alexis wished that she just had one of those <laughs> candies and was like <laughs> just riding off that high of how good the candy was and then was like no this ice cream is great no but honestly i'm not really a cotton candy flavored person for things it's like unless it's just cotton candy like i don't like other things flavored like that and i really liked it i thought it was really good um and i would probably eat another one like not today not right after it but i thought a little it w- bit. i thought it was good but not very good like i'm not gonna get another gosh one. we have to tear the the different uh circulating floats at disney because like i don't like it more than the lava float but you know, with like the Pop Rocks. Right. All I really care about are the candies. What candy are you going to yeah, put on see? my on my Dole Whip float? <laughs> it's really what it is. But yeah, um, we just went to Magic Kingdom and now here we are. Yeah, that's... um. Ready to talk about what? Um, Actually, we're going to switch a bunch of gears and we're going to take talk about AR6, which is the Assessment Report 6. The uh, climate report that everybody's been bugging about in the news... Um, wow, you really thought we were going to say, like, Space Mountain, didn't you? <laughs> no. Um, today, I, I went through the uh, new IPCC climate report, and I didn't go through all of it because, well, it's 3,949 pages or something crazy like you that. Know, just a light beach read. Uh, but fortunately, they have, like, a four policymakers summary, and that kind of has everything, and it's not as technical, and it isn't just all the individual scientific papers that they uh, compiled. But first, uh, I just want to talk about a little bit more about the climate report and what the IPCC is and like why we care about it and like what they say. So um, assessment report six from the IPCC, IPCC is obviously the sixth climate report. It started in... Um, 1988 and it was created by the world meteorological organization and uh the united nations environment environmental programs so it's a united nations backed uh program so you know you got a bunch of pretty smart people along with that and the objective of the ipcc is to provide governments at all levels with scientific information that they can use to develop climate policies so this was for not just the u.s this was for the whole world world. right because specifically the ipcc has 195 members and thousands of scientists all across the world contribute to the work of the ipcc so when when i say members i mean like member countries so from uh afghanistan to the u.s to vietnam to norway and are all the countries represented by scientists yes as well as politicians 
um, so not so much politicians, but it's, it's all scientists. It's all like scientists and those who are a part of this like intergovernmental panel. Um, so with the 195 members, everything that they put in this report, they everybody has to approve of it with like a couple exceptions of like different scientific papers on whether or not they are like all agreed upon. Um, but it's as it when it comes to like putting together a report and like the process of it, this is like the most strenuous and like conservative of them all because everyone has to approve of everything that goes in it. Um, so that's how, you know, it's the most factual in a sense. Um, so there's three working groups with the IPCC. There's the first group, first working group, uh, which deals with a physical science basis of climate change. Uh, the second working group is climate change impacts, adaption, vulnerability. And then the third working group is mitigation of climate change. And so each one puts out a report. So working group one put out the physical science basis of climate change and like what's going on. And then with 2022 coming around the corner, working group two and three will put out their reports. And then there'll be a fourth report that's like a synthesis report. That's like a big... Um, it'll have like a summary for policymakers, but then also have a lot of like layman, uh, like a big layman summary for everyone who is anyone to read it and like understand what's going on. So it's like the world's most intricate group project. Yes, it really is. Yeah. Wow. I really hope group four comes through because, you know, I'd be chilling in group four. Well, just hoping the other sciences. So they all approve. And then there's one board of members who like do everything with all of the approval with like the different groups. There's also like a task group that goes and does like different research, research things and whatnot. So um, it's not like, yes, everyone is like contributing scientific work, but there's like a, a final group. So it's the final group that has to approve everything. It's not every single individual scientist doesn't have to approve well, it. Well, I guess I said that wrong. I'm sorry. So I'm just representing the everyday human that didn't even look at yeah. any of the pages of yeah. the law. So the let, me, let me say that again. Paper. Like with the 195 countries, they all approve like what goes in it. But then there is a specific United Nations board that has like the individual working groups that move all the infor information around into the right places. Okay. So this is like the, like they're like next level. They're this next level. They're they like have more power. Numero uno. Yeah. Like the best of the best scientists. Yes. The best along uh, like United Nations officials. Yeah. So scientists or politicians or people who are accredited and like okay. have a lot of, I'm just trying to figure out who all has their little fingers involved in this. Right. Everybody who's good. All good people. All good people. No we want people. all the scientists, the climate scientists are all good people. Facts only. Facts only. Got it. Um, so with that being said, um, like I said, there's 39,000, not 39,000, 3,949 pages, which again, I obviously didn't read. But through my times as a physics student, I have gotten a lot of experience going through a bunch of scientific papers and you know so was that you just admitting <laughs> that you didn't actually read anything in college and because i just know how to get what i need to know uh very better simply. hope dr morgan isn't listening right she is and she's she'll probably approve of it um <laughs> okay okay she'll be like yeah you i'm not gonna make you spend 200 hours researching the one paper i told you to do um actually she might expect that because she's a professor Okay, so if you're listening, don't. Yeah, just, don't tell Dr. Morgan, happened. whatever. She's record. probably not going to listen to it. It's okay. 
She's probably like, what are you doing, nerd? Um, so to start out, I also wanted to obviously talk about the IPCC, cover that. That's who they are. Big panel that takes care of basically all of the most uh, factual and up-to-date data for the climate. Um, and I know a lot of the times, too, you could be reading articles and there's just like, words or like a lot of background information that you um, sort of miss. Um, so I just wanted to update you if you ever come across like a climate change or a scientific article about climate change, like what you're sort of missing. So to start, Alexis, how do you know, how do we know that the climate's changing? Because the earth is literally on fire. The earth, okay, yes, the <laughs> earth is literally on fire. And previously, was it on fire? Previously, I feel confident saying on the record that the earth was not on fire. Yeah, so there have been fires throughout all of time, but not as much as there is now. Like currently, like this past week, California's on fire, Zambia's on fire, Greece, Italy, China's on fire. So like everyone's on fire. It's all burning <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah. People, people, their mixtapes are hot. <laughs> also, um, for was my, that insensitive? my secondary answer, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that the climate like not the climate stupid i can't use the word in the answer the weather <laughs> yes, everywhere is like like texas froze this year and like another um right so you're recognizing unprecedented events happening more often that's exactly right. what i was so saying that's that's, Took the words that's right a pretty good observational to tool to like recognize like huh this sort of thing doesn't happen um with climate change, we also look at the amount of elements in the atmosphere or like compounds in the atmosphere called GHGs. You ever see a GHG? That means, do you know? You're about to be Green. a good heckin' guy. guy. <laughs> greenhouse gases. So greenhouse oh, gases yes. include methane, CO2, that's that you type know, of stuff. Actually, it's not Dr. Morgan who's going to be disappointed. It's literally any science teacher I ever had. Yeah, it's going to be like, did you not listen I to what we said? I definitely knew what a greenhouse gas was. Um, and so with greenhouse gases, we can actually core um, like a couple hundred feet into the earth and take ice cores or uh, stratigraphy records, which is like rock cores in a sense. And we can actually like tell how much carbon dioxide was in uh, the atmosphere, say 10,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, um, a million so odd years ago. So we have a pretty good um, record of paleoclimate, so past climate, and how things should be shaping up, especially within our time period. So this is how we know that the earth wasn't on fire and it should have continued to not be on fire. Right. Uh Correct. Absolutely. Especially based off of temperature ratings from like 1850 to 1900 is how we compare how we are doing within like the past 100 years, um, because that's, you know, the boom and the hit or right before the Industrial Revolution uh, when we started pumping all these greenhouse gases up into uh, the atmosphere. So um, so that's what was my initial question. I asked you, how do we how know? Do right. We know? The other way we know is so we're able to um, recognize and know sort of the elements that are in the atmosphere along with the temperatures uh, in past. And typically it's not because we're pumping a bunch of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. It's based off of uh, rotations of the earth. 
So there's about three different ways that the Earth can change its rotation or orbit that will mess with our climate because um, the number one thing, the number one uh, energy driver on everything on the planet is the sun and how we interact with the sun really changes um, how our weather and climate is day to day. So the first thing is eccentricity. Do you know what that is? Is that when like someone's really eccentric? Yes. When they're dressed all crazy. Sure. No. So eccentricity, think of it as um, how close you are to an oval and how close you are to a circle, like the shape of your orbit. So like picture the earth going around the sun. Sometimes it's more like an oval going all all the way around the sun. And other times it's more like a circle going around Ah, the sun. So the path it takes. The path it takes. um, And that the distances in between will change um, the amount of, you know, watts per meter that the, uh, the amount of energy that the earth gets from the sun. That one's a little bit tinier. That doesn't mess with anything too much. Um, the second one is can mess with, um, energy and our impact from the sun more. The tilt of the planet is actually at 23 and a half degrees. And sometimes it's at 20, sometimes it's at 25 as millions of years go along. And that can really change it. And then the third one is the wobble of the earth. So that tilt itself, can you imagine spinning a quarter and it's like really upright at first. And as it slows down, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that wobbly part is like longer than it is normally. So the tilt uh, of the earth will wobble more in like a, in a longer or a larger radius. And that'll Not change it. like a good group dance way. No, <laughs> not like that. So you want to avoid the wobble. So those are the like the main three ways that climate has like we've gotten interglacial, glacial, and glacial periods in which ice is covered or ice isn't covered, and right now the planet isn't covered in ice, so it's we're in an interglacial period. That's mainly how they change, and then of course we have different flukes like big volcanoes or um, meteors that come and block our, uh, view of the sun and our energy intake. So those are like the three, like, those are the three things that like change climate. And then, but how do we know that those three things are happening? Well, they're not happening now. Uh, but that, that's what in the past we, we can just, we can, using using um observational physics and like rotations rotation patterns we can just like uh compare using our cores seeing what the type of either elements we had in the atmosphere fear to see like okay well it was really hot then but we didn't have that much carbon so what else was going on oh we can look at our rotational pattern and um we are actually closer to the sun 60 million years ago than we are than we were, so that's why it's warmer. So this is all just, like, from the past. So this like, is, like, how climate has changed from the past to now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why climate change is really hard to, like, describe, and it's not, like, something that everybody can just, like, understand because there's so many different variables that can mess with it. And because it can happen in a natural good way. It can happen in a natural, well, I don't know if it necessarily means good, but in a natural way, yeah. In a yeah. natural way, okay. And but, that, that's not... As aggressive and like we can look back and see, oh, this is what was changing and this right. is what the earth was doing. Right. There's actually like this graph from climate.org that a lot of peop- climate deniers will use. 
And um, it's like, because they don't know how to read the graph, but they just see that there's a really high point like 100 million years ago, like at the end of the Permian, the beginning of the Triassic. And it's like, well, it was warm then, you know, we'll be okay now. And it's like, uh, you weren't, humans weren't around then. Like, you don't know. (laughs) Like, that's not, it's not a good thing. Um, But overall, these things are like what can affect climate and none of those things are happening now um except for the amount of carbon dioxide being pumped into the atmosphere um and this climate report is like the most special of the climate reports because this is the first time they they say they use the word unequivocally that climate change is drive is being driven by man influences now let us just say all climate reports are special in their own way right but previously, they never, they said, it's highly confident, or it's more likely, or that sort of thing, since, like, the ni- 1990s, since the first one came out. Like, and, they, and, they didn't have enough, and they didn't feel confident enough to say, no, this is humans. humans right, are and not enough, not enough scientists agreed at that point in time. But now, today, as of Monday, when this came out, it is unequivocal that climate change is uh, driven by human influences. Wow. Yep. So that's a pretty big deal. That is a huge deal. Um, Getting all those people to agree on that, that's wonderful. So well, not wonderful, but I hope you know s- what I mean. I hope so far you're still with me. Um, of course, send in questions if I said something a little weird or you want me to expand more on. Um, but I thought we could also uh, get into like some of the main points of the report like since i started with the unequivocal part we can keep going um the while i was reading it there was a couple things that just like struck me so the report has these five different um simulations in a sense where it's like okay so this is what's gonna happen if we like completely pump pump the brakes and um call off all of the ghd ghgs into the atmosphere and like global emissions and whatnot like we pump the brakes here's what's gonna happen here's what's gonna happen if we're like no more like let's keep going um and everything in in between so today as of as of 2019 and 2020 uh we were putting out about 40 gigatons of carbon into the atmosphere or greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, including methane, nitric oxide, oxide, that sort of thing. Um, to put that a little bit more in perspective, one gigaton is 1 billion tons. So 40 gigatons is pretty big. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, it's a lot of tons. That's a lot of tons. Um, the main thing that really popped out of my uh, brain from from <laughs> these five different simulations is that even within like the next um, ten years, if we just like pump all the brakes, like the lowest one, we'll still like hit like the one and a half to two degree warming, which is bad. Sea levels will rise, oceans will still become acidic. There will be more and more fires. Um, and another way to say it is like, no matter what it, we're going to be screwed for a little while in the 2050s for about 20 years in a sense from like 2045 to 2065, it'll just like suck if we stop everything right now. 
So no matter what we do, we could send end it all right today at this moment. Yep. And like we still have 20 years of just yeah, bad. there's there's a lag time of bad because there's already so much carbon in the atmosphere and we didn't do anything or stop. So it doesn't matter what we do by and, and then and then once um, like 2045 hits 2050 like hits a little bit more if we completely pump the brakes um then then it'll start calming down then it'll start cooling cooling down and the amount of emissions if we could get our emissions negative and actually take carbon out of the atmosphere um by 2100 if we have like a negative impact we'll be able to get back down to that 0.5 degree warming in a sense Wow, what a bummer! In twenty forty five, it should that should be like my best life. So that like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But regardless, even if we're at maybe, let's see what this graph says right here. Even if in twenty forty five, if we are only putting out uh, ten gigatons of carbon, um, we'll still get to we'll still have one and a half to two degree warming, which stinks, big time. A real bummer. A real bummer. So real. we're only going to live in Florida for maybe about five or six years and then go back inland for a little while. Because otherwise we will be bummed out and underwater, right? Yeah. Also, there'll be a, the, the next thing I was going to talk about is um, when I was in school, when I was taking... Ah, uh, uh, way back way when. Way back when, two, three years ago, when I was taking my weather and climate courses, I remember my professor talking about how... Um, climate change, the main thing it does, which isn't wrong, is the increase and decrease of precipitation globally. Like some places are really, really dry. Some places are really, really wet, right? That's not wrong. Um, then it came to the frequency. We talked about the frequency of like big tropical cyclones with increasing amounts of, uh, rain. Obviously you will increase the amount of tropical cyclones, but, then they didn't teach us. They actually had this whole section about the intensity of it. They talked about as of now, there is no like steady like work that says tropical cyclones will be more intense and more frequent, right? It was only like a little more frequent. Now, according to this report, it's both. So we will have more, more likely we will have category four and five storms than we ever had previously. Oh no, when does this start? Is this Fred coming at us? This, this isn't Fred, the trop tropical storm. Fred won't come at us. It's saying overall, over the next 20, uh, if, if we were to do the lowest one where we just cut it all now, again, over the next 20 to 25 years, we'll still have this impact going on. Pretty heavy. You're not looking too happy over there. I don't feel amused, Logan. I'm a glum guy right now. You're a glum bum. <laughs> Um, another, another awesome thing that pointed out, not awesome, but like awesomely sad that, uh, awesomely sad just what you came to the pod for is like overall they'll, there will be more, um, they'll, <laughs> there will be more, um, warming unequally distributed between the Northern and Southern hemispheres, but still both warming up. Um, with that, uh, the you you got to think about um, how the Arctic doesn't have any land and like but like Greenland is like a big land uh, with an ice sheet on top of it. The Arctic doesn't have any land underneath it; just a big ice sheet, so like glaciers and stuff. 
by 2050 and they usually measure things by out of like September because August was the hottest. And so like September they can have all their data. Um, there by 2050, there will be a September at least once where the Arctic has zero ice in the summer. But what about the polar bears? Well, polar bears are screwed <laughs> unless they start moving south, which hopefully they will. How are they going to get there? They just start moving south, man. Oh God. They can Someone swim. tell them. Someone <laughs> tell the polar bears. I remember once in class, um, one of my climate pr- professors looked us all in the eyes and was like, guys, the polar bears are dead. <laughs> They're like, there's no saving the polar bears. She was like very, she was a great professor. She was awesome. <laughs> I really liked her a lot. But one day she just looked at us all and was like, there's no point in trying to save the polar bears. <laughs> That is so sad. <laughs> it was really sad. My heart. Yeah. Um, wow. Again, very uplifting. Mm, yes. There was this, like, um, if we continue on, like, the worst path. there. W- oh, great. If we continue on, like, the worst path where the worst path um, gets us to, let's see, how many. Um, so, by, if we just keep pumping out <laughs> carbon. By 2090, we'll be putting out like 130 gigatons of CO2 per year, um, which again, that's uh, 130 a billion. A lot of tons. It's a lot of tons. Um, if we just keep pumping it out uh, somewhere along the way, we will um, break off part of the Western Antarctic ice sheet. And that, like, once that breaks off and starts melting, it'll just like it's day of the day day after tomorrow stuff where we get like a 60 foot tidal wave that just like takes or like 60 foot of uh water will rise across the globe so that's like a worst case scenario type thing hopefully that won't happen but as long as we keep uh keep it up on a on a pretty full throttle path that sort of thing could occur wow that's a bummer yeah it's all pretty much just one big bummer. It is. It's all pretty much one big bummer. Uh, so, um, 4,000 pages of this. There's 4,000 pages of bummers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, you know, drier places will just get drier. And even the subtropics, overall, the subtropics are more likely. So, like, where we live are more likely to, even though we have so much rain all the time, we're more likely to have um, drier. Uh, it's just going to be dry all the time. But when it does rain, it'll be all at once. So then flash flooding will occur. So pretty much everyone gets to suffer in their own specific, carefully curated, just for them way. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about the Midwest, so one of the cooler things about living on a coast is that your your weather is more temperate because the water is there to cool it down. Because overall... Um, when it comes to like global warming and climate change, land, um, warms up about twice as fast as the water, but that's just because you can, uh, it's easier for energy to be absorbed in land than it is to water. Um, water's cooler, right? Overall without getting into big specifics. Uh, so Iowa, like where we're from, will experience more drastic temperature changes, even more than we have now. Oh God. So like it was 100, you know, it got up to like in the hundreds this past year. Um, and, 
and that's like, oh no, like that's insane. And it's more likely for that to happen now. So like 100 to 110 is like a, will be a normal summer. And then on the other half of that, because again, we don't have any water near us. We're not even as lucky to have like, even part of like Minnesota and Illinois have like the great lakes to temperate them. Um, in the winter we have such freezes that negative 60 what what the polar vortex uh, is I was trying really hard to remember what that terrible terrible thing was called is more likely to happen all I could think of was frozen tundra yeah the polar vortex so it's just like that becomes like a yearly thing that yep. we're just like oh it's polar vortex time by 2100 one in 100 or like um you know how they say it's a once in a uh, 100 year storm like or just like anything like that you you know how they say like it's it's a once in 100 year storm that once in 100 year storms will be all the time listen i don't even believe that anymore because all the things that have happened over our lives that they're just like oh this never happens man i just don't know if i'm buying any of it anymore right i get that i understand and there's data that kind of backs that up so (laughs) wow it ain't right it isn't right um, and so it's a pretty glum, uh, thing. And of course, you know, we talk about what, um, there's, there's so many more things I could talk about. We're getting closer to what time is it? We're getting closer to like the 35 minute mark. So I'm going to, so you're going to turn it around. What can we do, Logan? How can we save the earth from burning and destroying itself and making us all suffer in the 2040s? Well, nothing because it's already going to be bad then, but like, you know what I mean? Well, almost nothing. So as Americans, um, we individually, like no matter what you do, even, and, and if you're very like environmentally conscious, of course, um, the amount of carbon that you emit could be lower, but, um, every, the average American, uh, uses or like puts about 16 tons of carbon into the atmosphere every year. And that's based off of the way of life that we live globally. The average is, uh, per person, it's four tons. So we are on the higher um, spectrum. I think Spain's uh, got a pretty low one, and then like Nordic countries have a pretty pretty low. Um, um, but then you also like some European countries, like the UK, just as industrial as us, they'll put out like 14, 15, 16 tons per year as well. So now personally, you can go out and you can use reusable bags and you can buy an electric car. And if you live in a smaller community and your power is run off of coal, like you can advocate and help like to switch to solar powered or geothermal, um, energy like ways. Right. So you can do all those things and that's wonderful. Like you, you need to have that environmental mindset, but even if everybody does that, it's maybe what there's 330 ish million people in America, 16 tons each. Like you're maybe looking at, um, four, only four giga, uh, gigatons being brought down. So what does that mean, Logan? Who do we need to target? So what you need to do basically is go out and vote for people who believe in climate change and, uh, care about the earth. Um, 70% of all greenhouse gas emissions are emitted by 100 companies. Um, just, just 100 companies. 
So we need to elect people who will hold those companies accountable. Companies a- accountable. Right, and not let them play around in their pockets and give them all the money that they need. Because that's what I I I sound so uh, pessimistic when it comes to like the what can you do? That's because over the past forty years, BP and Exxon have like been pushing all of these advertisements for you to turn off make sure you turn off the lights when you leave your home and all this stuff like you had a greater impact when they're dumping thousands of barrels of oil in the gulf of mexico on accident every three years and so it's like it's kind of a sham that it it's up to an in they they put it up to the individual to do something about it when they're the huge problem because even if we all came together and did our very best and lived the most eco-friendly we could it's not us it's, that are the problem it's it there's there will be an impact if we all got to a point which again like i don't know how much trust we can have in humans to all come together uh to do this sort of thing unless oh, we are wow. on the absolute brink of destruction well we've already we've gotten pretty close <laughs> and we, we failed our tests so far right so we failed a lot of our tests so far so but even if we did it it would have a, it would, an it would impact help. and yes. it would help, but it, it not it in the long sa- term. It wouldn't save us. No. It wouldn't save no. solve the problem. It's like um I guess I heard this on a on a how to save a planet podcast a while ago and it was um they said something about like uh along the lines of the same subject, but they said like people <laughs> people don't even do their own New Year's resolutions. Like you get a month in and then you quit. You expect someone to organize their recycling every single time the trash bin comes around. So it's just, it's just hard, you know? And again, it shouldn't be like, it is our responsibility because we live on this planet, but like it shouldn't be our responsibility when so many others or like so many like bad companies have perpetuated it over so long. Well, you heard it here first folks. Um, that's all a bummer. Things are not looking good, and we need to vote and hold people accountable and hold corporations accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and do it. Um, and if you live on a coast and plan on living on a coast for the next 20-ish years, uh, your taxes are going to be... You're, they're going to be really high. You should move inland, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you should move inland, even if it's like 30 miles, but like... <laughs> that because that 30 miles is good <laughs> know what i mean move inland move to the midwest my my uncle says that duluth minnesota is going to be the <laughs> number one place <laughs> to live <laughs> dad told me that today i don't know so do you have any you questions go. there you go duluth there's your endorsement uh, do you have any do you have any questions you know i don't think so did i bore you half to death i mean a little bit but all for good reason ah uh, i'm sorry no, I try, okay. I knew I took too long on the eccentricity stuff. I was just trying to talk about no, why just, we know the yeah, climate's different. You're just different. trying to give some background. I'm trying to give background that. because a lot of these reports and even just like articles won't give you any background on it. And I think it's really important to people to know like, no, it's, it's very simple for us to see how the climate is different. And it's so different now. Like it, it was so, it's so, it was so consistent over the past like uh, 20,000 years we even named the geologic time period like Holocene, which essentially means stable climate. And now they want to change uh, this geologic time period that we live in now to the Anthropocene, meaning human climate. 
Ah, uh, yes, Since humans ruining everything. Yeah, ruining everything. So. Well, you saved me about four thousand pages of reading, so I can't complain. Oh, you don't did a worry. Pretty There's good job, I think. way more that I even I didn't even touch the surface. Oh, I believe it. So if you're listening and you want to chat about this, you want to learn more, you want to ask some questions, you just shoot Logan a DM and he's yeah, I'm he's at, ready to go. I'm at loglens on Instagram. So go ahead. Do you want to give your handle? No, I'm not going to. You don't need my handle for this episode. Yeah, but you can still follow her. Don't even worry about it. Find me from Logan's. Yeah, yeah true. She's <laughs> tagged in everything I do. So. But yeah, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Shoot vote. me for any questions. Vote, vote, vote. And uh, vote. Yeah, I'm pretty sure midterms come are coming around the corner this next year. So don't ever forget. And you'll hear more from us on that. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening to something else with Logan and Alexis. I'm Logan. Why? Wait, this is wait, wait, wait. This isn't how we do this. I said thanks for listening. Oh yeah, we just say bye. Bye. Bye.